let me pray and try and gather myself and preach a minute, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for um, your faithfulness, Lord. God, thank you for what you've done in this place. And God, thank you for what you've done and uh, just all the stories we've heard. And God, I thank you for the invitation to let me watch you work, God. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for, um, God, what you still want to do. Uh, God, I, I just say thank you. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Lord, I wish everyone here could see their, their stories from where I saw it, God, and how far you brought them from. And God, what you stepped into and changed. God, you're so real and you're so evident and you're so present in this place, God, I just say thank you, Lord. I'm unworthy to be here and to speak, Lord. Um, I pray you'd give me courage to do that, God. Uh, step into this situation. Lord, I just pray right now over this room that uh, you would just open up our hearts and our ears to, uh, to hear your word, God, and that it would fall on fertile soil, and God, it would just change hearts, that you would encourage people to take their next step of faithfulness, anyone wrestling with the reality of a God who's good, God, a, a God who can step into hopeless situations and change everything. God, that's who you are. That's who your word says you are. And uh, God, I pray you would do that again, Lord. God, do something that only you could take credit for in thy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm excited you're here. Uh, I knew today would be tough to, to get it all together and go, but um, I'm excited about what the Lord would have for us, right? Man, I'll tell you, I want to I give you guys a, just a, a heads up. If, if you're a tough guy or a tough lady and you think you're tough and Man, when you step in the ministry, like you turn into like a Hallmark girl, all right? That's what I've learned. Um, I used to be a wrestling coach, and I chewed kids out from, that was my nine to five. I taught and coached, and, you know, people were kind of scared of me, and then like, I, I, this is what happened, all right? So I want to encourage you with that. Um, today, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll be in verses 33 through 37 as we pick up... Um, with our series that we've entitled Faith and Fear, okay? And what we've kind of been talking about is that everyone has struggles, everyone has trials, there is fear present in every one of our lives through different situations, uh, through difficulties, through struggles. We all face Goliaths, if you will, in our life, right? We all have struggles that we have to walk through and we have to trust God with. But what we're learning is how do we have faith, okay? How do we live a life of faith when fear is present? How do we continue to take steps of faith when fear comes up, whether it be drug addiction, whether it be uh, a marriage that's on the rocks, whether it be uh, whatever number of things, worry, anxiety, just job, losing a job, finances, whatever they may be, how do we choose God, all right, and live a life of faith? And so before we get going, everything today, I want you to write, if you're a note taker, today's sermon will be entitled, Remember When, okay? Remember When. When Everything reflecting back. And in that, I'd like to say first, uh, if there's anyone that's been in the service before, okay, I know it's Memorial Day, I just want to take a second and honor you and just say thank you. And this, uh, I pray that um, as we uh, join together and pray and read the Word of God together, be mindful of those that have sacrificed so that we could come and do this right here in this place, okay? It's what Memorial Day is all about. We remember and celebrate those uh, that have gone on before us. But with that being said, everything we're talking about is remembering. We're going to take the Lord's Supper today together, and what that is is remembering the foundation of all that we do here, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, okay? And so think about remembering. But I want to ask you this question. How many of you can think back to a situation where God stepped in and rescued you where there was no hope? 
When God stepped in and gave you great victory in the midst of severe trials, uh, amidst severe struggle, how many of you can think back to a time? And what I want you to do is meditate on that. And like I said, something God's been convicting me of is I usually don't take the time to stop and reflect and just say thank you, to celebrate the victories, okay? When we pray big prayers and we pray and beg for God to step in the situations, for God to step in the hopeless situations, and I want to share something with you with that, is many of those stories I stepped into and I knew there was no hope in this world, okay? There was no hope. I've been in ministry all of five minutes and I'm stepping into situations where there was no hope in this world. But the good news is, okay, we're not bound to this world. We serve a God that can step into hopeless situations and do things that only he could take credit for. And many of you, if you know some of these people up here, you're thinking, yep, <laughs> yep, that's right. Only God could do what I'm seeing. Only God could do that. And that's the God we're talking about. And so I want you to think today, and this is kind of what I want you to leave with, is that when we get a victory from God, when we get a victory from God, Remember it, okay? Victories from God yields confidence in God that the God who is faithful in this season will be faithful in my next season. And remembering the victories give us courage to take our own next steps, okay? Y'all tracking with me? Everybody right? I'm going to back it up and show you uh, how David did this, okay? In the midst of severe trial, this is what David did. And so we've been talking about David and Goliath, right? Like, you know, VBS, everybody knows the deal, right? All right, small David, uh, big Goliath. When my coach, when my team's 0-6, he gives a David and Goliath talk, right, to try and rally the troops. You know, the little man can win sort of thing. I'm 5'7". I've heard David and Goliath many times in my life, right? You can take him out, man. I'm like, coach, I am 5'7". All right, um, but that being said, we've been walking through uh, this story where David, 16-year-old-ish shepherd boy, steps in and says, I'm going to fight a nine-foot giant, okay? And first week, we talked about uh, to do something like that, to have faith, we have to see as God sees. The second week, um, we talked about how to continue to take next steps uh, when, when fear's present and how we continue to step in the midst of trial. And we see that God steps in and helps us. And so this week, we're going to pick up in verse 33. We'll start in verse 32 and then we'll pick up. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Okay, David says, I'm going to fight this guy. Now look, big step of faith. Look what happens. Verse 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Look at this. So it's all says basically, you can't do it, okay? You're, you're not going to be able to. From looking in a worldly perspective, this is an un, unwinnable situation. But David knows a different story. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it. What a bad dude, all right? I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair. Again, bad dude, all right? I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, he doesn't even say him by his name. He will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, this is the most crucial verse in all of this text. I want you all to pay attention. Listen to verse 37. The Lord... Who rescued me? 
the Lord who rescued me, not me, but the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. First of all, man, when I get to heaven one day, like you don't know how bad I want to shake David's hand. Like you guys do not know, all right? And I hope he doesn't just smoke me in the nose, right? Like he's a tough dude, okay? And so I, I think about being a shepherd boy at 16 and stepping into this incredible situation that he's got incredible faith, and Saul says, dude, you can't do it. You're just a boy. All worldly perspective, this will not happen. I cannot, you, like, no way. And you would agree, right? You would agree. But David says, no, 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 no. He remembers when. He remembers when God was faithful in a season and says, yep, that God, even if I don't feel it right now, even if I can't see it yet, the God who has prompted me to fight Goliath he was faithful. I remember when that God rescued me from a lion and a bear, and that same God is still alive today. He's still in me. He's still in my heart. He'll give me faith. He'll give me victory to defeat Goliath. Amen? Y'all up, man? Y'all ready to roll? This is God's word. Let's get in it. So I want to talk to you today and just say this. is What I see in this text is I see a God that's faithful. All right? I see a God that's going to provide I see a God that's going to give victory. When we feel the prompting of God and we step in faith, God gives victory. Amen? So I want to talk to you today, and I want to show you this. I want you to see the character of God in this text and how we can see God's character through David's response to the challenge to fight Goliath. Okay? So I want you to see the character of God, and I really want you to leave today knowing this, knowing who God is, knowing his character, all right, and knowing what my next step is and what's my step in light of a sovereign God who's good, who's faithful. Okay, so turn with me uh, to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. So I want to read to you again, and I want you to show you the character of God in this story. Now, let's be honest. I don't know many 16-year-olds that could defeat a lion and a bear. I don't. I don't know any, okay? And this is what I'm going to show you the character of God here. Verse 20 reads this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work, Within us, okay? Hear that again. It is now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, not ours. Just like David said, I didn't do it, but God delivered me according to his power that is a work within us. First thing I want you to see in this is that God can do much more than you can do. Hear that again. God can do much more than you can do, okay? If you walked in here very, very little about yourself, knowing you can't accomplish much, God has got you right where he wants you. Amen? God has got you right where he wants you. God can do immeasurably more than you can see or imagine. And I wanted to explain this today, and I, and I thought about, well, what's a situation in my wife, life that would, that would bring this to being, okay? And all I could think about, and Coach Hill and some of these guys, Coach Hightower are going to know this guy. We had a coach by the name of Coach Broadnax, okay? And Coach Broadnax, we used to call him the Texas Tornado, okay? And this is why. Coach Broadnax had legs like, I mean, pencil legs. I mean, he looked like a weenie down low, all right? Not a real tough dude. But as you watch Coach Broadnax and you went up and it got about waist level, cat looked like Superman. Y'all hear me? I mean, it went to this V thing. Y'all know the Superman logo? Like, y'all know how it does like that? Come on, man. Y'all, y'all, are y'all from America? Y'all watch Superman? All right. 
Cool. So like his, his waist would be like this tiny and his shoulders would just keep going. And then his traps would do this thing up here and like he would finally come and he had this little pea head. It looked kind of funny. And I hope he doesn't listen to my podcast or I could be in trouble. He could like squeeze my head with his bicep. Anyway, but Coach Broadnax promised to train me one summer. I'm getting ready to go wrestle at Anderson University. I got crushed my freshman year. I wasn't very strong. And so if you're in Toombs County and you need somebody to train you, you go to the Texas Tornado, right? And so I said, Coach, I need you to get me stronger. I need you to prepare me for this season. I need you to get me ready. And it was the absolute best and worst decision of my entire life, all right? Many days it was really, really bad. But one of the exercises we would do, he would call them negatives from the bench, okay? Negatives. I mean, it is an absolute workout from Hades. I'm here to tell you, all right? A straight uh, from the enemy. But what he would do is I would get down on the bench, and he would load up 100 pounds over my max, all right? So he loaded up like 600 pounds on the thing, okay? <laughs> just joking. Just kidding. Uh, maybe, I can't, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to say. Anyway, all right. So he, uh, he loaded up like 100 pounds over my max. And so I would lay down on this bench, and the whole way down, he would make me control it, right? Because if I let a three, 100 pounds over my max fall, I'm going to be minus a chest, okay? And that's not good. So I would have to control it like a negative rep. I'd have to go down and control it, okay? So I'm controlling this bench. And, y'all, when that thing hits my chest, it ain't happening, right? I'm not getting that thing off my chest. That's something I physically cannot do. I cannot do 600, uh, anyway, no amount of weight. I cannot do that weight. I can't get it off my chest, right? But what would coach do? Coach would step in, okay, and he would put his hands on that bar, and he would lift it off my chest just enough so I could begin to get the weight moving, right? And I would begin to get the weight moving, and it would be an awful, I'm like, Coach, just pick it up, please, for the love of me. Anyway, and I'd get it off my chest, okay? And it was a negative rep, and so you say, well, why do you share that example? I believe with all my heart that's how God steps into our situations, amen? I believe it's God that steps in and can lift weights off your chest that you know you can't lift off your own. Maybe you've tried. Maybe you've come in here today and you feel like your life, you've been sitting with this monster bar on your chest, and it's sitting there. Like the weight of the world is pressing into me. I've tried everything in this situation. I've tried everything. And I just feel like this weight is stuck on my chest. Well, here's the deal. Maybe it's because you haven't asked God to step into your situation and begin to put his hands on the bar. Amen? Because here's the deal. God doesn't step into our situations and just fix them in the drop of a hat, right? Like if that was the character of God, God would have just pushed David out of the way, right? And then, bam, body slam Goliath. He goes down and David high-fives him when he gets done. That's not how the story goes, correct? David actually steps in and fights the battle, but who gives him the courage and the faith and who empowers him to win? That's God, right? So in the same way, I want you to understand something, that if the weight of the world's on you right now, if you feel like you've walked in, let God step into your situation. Let God begin to lift the weight off your chest. Go ahead and give God something that you know you could never do on your own. Who did David reference when it came time to fight Goliath? What, what did he say? I know the God who delivers me, Right? I know the God that's going to step in and he's going to come through. He's going to help me. He's going to help me do something that I know that I am not capable of on my own. So this is my commission today. Think about this. Have I ever let God step in? Do I remember when? Do I remember a time when I let God step into my situation and I gave it to him in faith? Okay? Have I ever, do I ever remember a time 
when I said, God, I know I can't change myself. Lord, I'm, I'm begging you to change me. Have I ever given God the opportunity to step in and do something only he could do? That's what faith looks like. That's how you choose faith. So has God ever done anything in your life? You know you can't. Can you remember when? But that's the character of God, y'all. God can step in and do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever see or imagine. Turn with me just a one page back for most of you to the left. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to share the second thing, and I really want to share this with you. Um, I really want you to leave with this. This is good. And I love This is one of my favorite texts, and I, I love that Josh shared out of Ephesians. It's one of my favorite books, and um, it, it's just good. So uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. For we are God's handiwork, okay? It means he created us. He shaped us. We're his. He knows how we work best. We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus. I'm going to press there in a minute. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, okay? Point number two, I want you to hear this. God is preparing you. Hear it again. God has been preparing you. God is preparing you. And I want you to see this in the story of David. Who knows what David's first job was? It says it in the text. He's a shepherd boy, right? The lowest of low, a shepherd boy. One that, that, that shepherds were, were the lowest status and that he was out there just hanging out on his own protecting sheep, okay? David didn't know it at the time, but what God was doing, he was preparing him to be a great leader of Israel. He was teaching him how to take care of sheep. Right? What does Jesus say in John chapter 10? He says, for I'm the good shepherd. All right? I know my sheep. I care for them. This symbolism is all throughout the Bible in that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Good leaders know how to shepherd their people. Right? And so David thinks he's got a crummy job, but what is God doing in that season? He's preparing. Okay? David goes out one day and a, a, a lion snatches up his sheep and runs off. David just thinks he's being a good shepherd. Right? That's his job. He runs after him, and he grabs a lion by his bare uh, head, fur, whatever you want to call it, and kills the bear. He just thinks he's being a good shepherd. What was God doing? God was preparing him for Goliath. Amen? God was preparing him for the Goliath. David thinks that he's just being obedient to the Lord, that he thinks that uh, I've got to rescue my people. I know God can give me victory over Goliath. What was God doing? God was preparing David to be king of Israel. Right? I would fall in and follow him. If some dude kills a nine-foot giant, I'd follow him. I'd follow that guy. That's what God was doing all in the midst as he was preparing. So whatever situation you've came into this room with, God has been preparing you. He is preparing you. Why? Because here's the deal. His word says that we have good works to do. He has things that he wants to accomplish through your life. They are there. They are waiting for you. God says he wants to use you. Yes, you. Whoever you are and wherever you walked in here with, he wants to use you. Why? Because his word said so. Now, here's the great, uh, 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 I guess, this is where it all starts. Christ is the own ramp. Hear that one more time. Christ is the own ramp. In Christ, look at this. This is the most important part of this text. It's probably the most insignificant to many. But, but verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ, in Christ Jesus to do good works, in Christ Jesus to do good works. So I want to tell you something. When Jesus becomes Lord and Savior of your life, you begin to see God, you begin to know God, and he begins to reveal himself, all his glory to you, and then all of a sudden you begin to see the works he has for you. Amen? Once you know God, once you see God, we were created in Christ Jesus 
for good works to be done for God, that he has good works for us to do. But here's the deal. You won't get to God's purpose for your life dodging Jesus. Y'all feel me? Like it's not universal that I just get God and God gives me stuff and I get to do things, but I walk around a submitted life to Christ. It doesn't work that way. God says, in Christ Jesus, when I submit my life to Christ, when I give my life to Christ, maybe today he's been preparing you for this day, that he's been preparing your heart to hear the gospel, because this is it, okay, that he had to die so you could live. Maybe today that preparation is not something he's got, but he's been preparing you for the on-ramp. He's been preparing you to be found in Christ Jesus, like for real, like the real thing, you know? And man, you talk about incredible freedom. And Josh talked about, it. I was back there just, I, I started losing it then and then I turned it into overdrive when everybody else started sharing their story because I think back at the faithfulness of God and he was just sharing and I was just losing it, man. Because I can remember how scary it was before and then when I finally submitted my life to Christ, I was like, man, what was I waiting on? How incredible is this God? So one is this, and some of you, I know God's been stirring your heart before you ever got in here. That's his preparation. That's his preparation. Before you ever got here, man, he had a plan for you. He has a plan for you. You're not doing this by yourself. It's a God who's faithful. The one that you feel right now, it's him. He's real. He's the real thing, as real as anything in this world. It's true. It's true. So I want to share with you is, is this, is, well, but Buck, how do I know what God has for me to do? Like, what, what is God's plan for my life? I want to encourage you is this, that when you spend time with the Lord, that's what it looks like. When I spend time with the Lord, he begins to show himself to you and you begin to see the works he has for you, right? Like I, I say it all the time, I don't want you to come to this room to hear about my journey up the mountain, right? Because God's got your own journey up the mountain, Amen. God has things that he wants to show you when it's just you and him. No one around. He wants you to see things that he has for you. He's faithful, y'all. He's good, man. He's doing incredible things in this place. And here's the deal. He wants to do them with you and through you. He wants you and he loves you more than you could ever know. It says, before time began, Jeremiah 1.5, he knew you. He formed you in your mother's wombs. In your mother's womb. Does, does it make sense that the God who forms you knows how you work best? Is that just logical, Right? And that's God saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, be found in me, be found in Christ. This is the God of the Bible, that we'd be found in Christ, okay? We'd be found in Christ. So one thing I, I want you to leave with is this, is God is preparing you. So re remembering back to David, okay? Can you remember a time when you knew you were found in Christ, that you knew God was preparing you? that God was preparing you for the next step, when you stepped into a situation and said, God had me ready for this. You know, I think about it all the time is how ill-equipped I am to do this, what I'm doing right now. I am not equipped. And stepping into it, I stepped in faith. And then I thought back and I said, God took me into the teaching field. No idea why, right? What did I do every day? I got up and I tried to sh convince kids to listen to me, right? Think about that. I know that's kind of funny, but it's not, that's, that's a legitimate argument, right? Every day I get up and... I'm teaching U.S. history that nobody in the world wants to hear, right? And I'm trying to get these kids locked into me like, hey, listen, man, Abraham Lincoln, his beard's more than cool. He did stuff, right? And then I went on, and God gave me a gift of, of coaching. And so I got to go and invest in these kids and shepherd these kids and help take care of these kids. And I, I thought it was just a wrestling coach, but what was God doing? He was preparing me how to invest in other people's lives, how to care for them, how to step into their situations and help them, 
right? Didn't know it at the time. Now I see what God was doing. Next, he put me in administration. Why? I still don't know. But what was he doing? He teaching me how to lead, what to do. And I was, man, I, I look back at that, and I'm like, that, that's it coming to life, that God is using you right now in your situation, and the things that you think God has left you alone, he's been preparing you. And some of you, you've got friends in your life that got you here to church that God has been using them to prepare you to hear this message. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? God has been using them, and he's been preparing you to come and hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So whatever God's telling you to do, I want to tell you something, something I've learned in in my walk with the Lord is this. God won't call you to do anything that he hasn't prepared you to do. Hear that one more time. God won't call you to do anything, okay, that he hasn't prepared you to do. So whatever your next step is in stepping to the Lord, he's going to meet you where you're at. He's going to be faithful. He's going to be faithful through it. That's good news, isn't it? Amen? Last thing I want to leave you with, turn with me to Exodus 3.14. I, I am excited to share this with you. I'm excited to share this with you. One thing David saw in this text is this, is he knew who delivered him. He knew who delivered him. And point number three, I want you to write this down. We must know who can deliver. Hear that again. We must know the one who can deliver. We must know who can deliver. Okay? Because here's the deal. We cannot, we cannot deliver ourselves. Not in this life and not in the next one. We have no ability to fix it all on our own. We are powerless to do so. But with the help of God, all things are possible. Right? All things are possible for him that, that, that trusts in the Lord. That trusts in the Lord. Now this is going to seem like a weird text, but I'm going to share with you what it is as the band gets ready to come up and as we get ready to play. Um, Chapter 3, verse 14, it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. It says, I am has sent me to you. Now that's weird, right? For God to say, who do you call me? I am. I am. What does that mean? I want to tell you something. For the rest of this book right here, it's a story of God revealing himself to people and stepping into situations to be whatever he needed to be for the people at hand, okay? It's a story of God stepping into situations that are unbelievably out of control, that are hopeless, that cannot happen, and God steps in and says, I'll be whatever you need to be. So I want to tell you who I am means. This is just who God says he is through the Bible, and I want you to ask yourself, who is God to me? Who is God to me? God's word says this. He says, I am the advocate. I take care of you. I'm the comforter in sorrow. I'm the wonderful counselor. I'm the strong deliverer. I'm your father. I'm a sure foundation. I'm God almighty. I'm the God who avenges. I'm the God. I'm the one that's going to show you where to go. I'm the help where you can't figure it out. I'll step in and help you. I'm a great and high priest. I'll take care of you. My hope, when there's no hope, I'll be your hope. I'm the righteous judge. I'm your leader. I'm the one you've been looking for. I'm the light of life. I'm the Lord of the harvest. I'm the most holy. I'm the prince of peace. I'm the refuge of strength. I'm the sovereign Lord. I'm your support. When you feel alone, I'm I'm it. I'm what you're looking for. I'll be there. I'm the bread of life. I'm your confidence. 
I'm the defender of widows. I'm the faithful and true. I'm a consuming fire. I'm your friend. God of all comfort is what I am. God who saves me. I'm the head of the church, my hiding place, holy one among you. I'm jealous for you. I'm the king of kings. I'm your life, Lord of lords, mediator, our peace, my redeemer. I'm your salvation. I'm the good shepherd. I'm be, I'll be your stronghold. David said, you're my deliverer. But see, here's the thing. I believe there's many of you who God wants to be for you is Savior. God's word says he'll be Savior. He'll be the one to meet you where you're at, to do something in you and through you that you know you can never do on your own. Y'all, I saw something this week, the most incredible thing I've ever seen, God meet somebody where they're at, and it was just beautiful. It was incredible. I, I cry, It was incredible. It really was. It's encouraged me that God's not finished, y'all. His presence is in this place. Wouldn't you agree? Would y'all pray with me? Father, thank you for this time, God. As we get ready to close and take communion together, God, I pray uh, for each and every heart in this room. God, I know right now that they're working in hearts and they're next steps to me, baby. Lord, right now, um, I just want to offer an invitation. If there's anyone in here today that you know the Savior we've talked about, the one that you say you are in the Bible. God, if anyone knows that today, that's why they're here, that they've been prepared to hear this message and they want to respond and take that faithful step where you'll meet them. I just ask, would you raise your hand? Is that anybody in here today? That today's the day where it's real. It's the real thing. God moving in this place. And anybody? Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the work you're doing in this place. God, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the victories we celebrated, Father. Thank you for how good you are, how faithful you are. Lord, you're good. You're faithful all the time. God, thank you for this church and just how you put it together. And God, I pray that it would always be what you want it to be. God, that you, we would be who you want us to be. And Father, that uh, we would just uh, steward well what you've given us. Lord, I pray for each and every heart in this room. Lord, I, I hope they know I love them more than they could ever possibly know. Lord, I'm thankful that I get to come and do this. And God, I, I don't take it lightly. God, I just pray a, a, a blessing over everyone in here. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to work in their life. And God, you would give us faith to take next steps. Thine name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to close the service a little differently than we do and take communion together. And what I want to do for a second is just explain what that is. And this is an awesome time, and it's a very, uh, just a reflective time. Remember, everything today has been remember when, right? Remember when. Remember uh, when, when all this stuff happens. And today we remember Christ's sacrifice. And so I want to read to you what Paul said to us in the letter to the Corinthians of what, what it is we're doing, okay? This is chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we take the bread, we remember that it was Christ's body that was broken and just given to us freely. Didn't have to. All things were created in him and through him, and he said, I loved you enough. Here's my body. I'll give it to you. That's what we do when we partake of the bread. In verse 25, it says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do, 
do this. Whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. So as we take the cup, we think of Christ's blood that was shed so that we could have life. To put it simply on, this is the good news of the gospel. God gave himself freely for sinners like us to the fullest extent. He was crucified on the cross for us. And so today, what we do is say, we understand that and we unify around the fact that I consider myself in unity with Christ, that my heart is with Christ. And so that is what we do. And I want to finish, and he gives uh, a little bit more instruction of how to take of this cup. It says, for whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If you proclaim it, you know it to be true. Verse 27, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they uh, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. It says, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, thinking to know if I identify myself with Christ, it says that you drink judgment on yourselves. And because I love you, I share that text with you. I know that's not fun to share but it's because I love you and that this is a beautiful time to think of Christ uh, uh, dying and sacrifice for us. So we're going to take this time and we're going to ask you to file out if you feel the Lord calling you and we want to go ahead and take a uh, communion together. This is an awesome time unifying us with the body of Christ. And so I'm going to pray over communion and come take with you, which I'm excited to do. And uh, I, I invite you to come pray. Whatever God's put on your heart, come pray at the, the altar and then I'll pray and dismiss it. So let me pray. Father, I I pray for this bread and this cup. God, thank you for what you did for us. God, thank you for Jesus, which is why we gather, God. And and we put it in our statement, God. We want to see people connected to a growing relationship with Christ. And today, it's a remembering of that sacrifice that we have life because you died, Lord. We thank you for that. God, I pray over this time in the hearts of everyone, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. In thy name.